Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and this is episode 63 of the Student Ministry Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk with other youth workers and just talk about what God has done in their life, what he is doing through their ministry, and just talk about some tips and tricks around uh, how to do ministry better, things that God has taught uh, these youth workers over the years. And today I have a special, we have a special guest for you, uh, Greg Steer of Dare to Share Ministries is joining us today, uh, and we get a chance to talk with him uh, just about Dare to Share and and how that all came about, but also just the importance of, of teaching students how to evangelize and share their faith uh, with with their peers. And uh, Greg's got just a, an amazing story that you're going to hear today, but you also get to hear uh, what the ins and outs are uh, of Dare to Share and, and what they're doing for other youth workers and youth ministries out there. So excited for you to hear that. And I'm also excited for you to uh, to hear Billy McMahon uh, join me again. So Billy uh, was a guest on our podcast just back on episode 61, so just two episodes ago, and today he actually joins me and uh, kind of co-interviews uh, Greg Steer today, and so uh, you'll both hear um, myself and also Billy as we uh, as we have that conversation with Greg Steer, and I'm, I'm so excited for you to hear that today. If you have not subscribed to the Student Ministry Podcast on your favorite podcast app, be sure to do that. Be sure to share this with others. And if you have the opportunity to leave comments, uh, we would ask that you leave a positive comment or leave a positive review on that podcast app or that website. Uh, That just helps us kind of be found by other youth workers out there. Um, In addition to how you share it with other youth workers, it just helps us to to be found. And so that's a a huge, huge help for us um, from you all. And so we, we just encourage you guys to do that as well. And we also want to encourage you to check out our sponsors. And speaking of which, here are the sponsors of this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Our first sponsor is G-Shades. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. And since this pandemic has hit many churches so hard financially, G-Shades is offering six months free of their middle school and high school curriculum. Absolutely free. Absolutely free. That's awesome. Each series includes full video messages, teaching manuscripts, small group guides, parent guides, Instagram devotionals, games, graphic slides, and bumper videos. Six months of G-Shades premium subscription usually is $140, but right now G-Shades is offering it to you for absolutely free to help you win with your lead pastor while churches begin to recover from this whole pandemic. Just head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G to download six months free youth ministry curriculum and tell a youth worker friend about this awesome gift so that their church can also get in on it too. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. One of our new sponsors is an app called MinHub Youth, made by a student pastor to help people like you and me. MinHub Youth helps you store and track your student, staff, and parent information, as well as attendance for your events. There are a ton of features, but this episode, I want to tell you about groups. You can create managed groups by assigning specific students to it, or, and this is the really cool part, you can actually create smart groups that automatically filter the right students into that group. You can use smart groups to see all the high school boys, 
every student from a certain school or even all the students that go to youth group on a regular basis and regular attenders on a Sunday, but haven't been maybe for the last several weeks. Smart groups are like a superpower, basically. This app is only $5 on the iOS and Android store, and you can use it forever on that one device without ever paying another penny. But if you want to sync your database across multiple devices or with your leaders, you can sign up for the MinHub Sync service and also support the Student Ministry Podcast by visiting minhubsync.com smp for Student Ministry Podcast. That's M-I-N-H-U-B-S-Y-N-C dot com slash S-M-P. Thank you so much to MinHub and also G-Shades for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Both of those links to those organizations are going to be in the show notes here on the podcast, so be sure to check those out. All right, now it's time to jump into this conversation that Billy and I had with Greg Steer of Dare to Share Ministries. Well, again, thanks so much for joining us for the Student Ministry Podcast. Uh, today, I am not only joined by our guest, Greg Steer, but also joined by Billy McMahon, uh, who was on the podcast just a few episodes ago and now joining me to uh, to co-interview Greg today. Hey, Billy. How's it hey, going? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Things are good. Cool, cool. Glad to have you here. And uh, as I said, we are joined, of course, by the great Greg Steer of Dare to Share Ministries. Hey, Greg, thanks so hey, much for being here. The great Greg Steer. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but I'm glad to be here. I was a roofer for eight years, so that keeps me grounded. Hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to put that, that in later. Yep. <laughs> Cool. So, so some of you, I'm sure a lot of our podcast listeners have heard of you and heard of your ministry, Dare to Share. But uh, for those that that have maybe not heard or uh, maybe have heard of you but don't really know your story and, and everything like that, I know you've got so much there, and your story is so cool. Um, but yeah, let us know how you came into faith and and where how God brought you to the point where you are today with Dare to Share. Yeah, you know, I was raised in uh, inner city Denver, and every city's got a city. Uh, you know, the kind of the tough part of the city, and used to be North Denver. Now it's full of skinny jeans, you know, and organic <laughs> salads. But back uh, in the mid '70s, it was the center of there's a lot of mob activity. It was the center of the American Chicano Revolution. Believe it or not, there was a lot of gang warfare and a lot of violence. And my family was right in the middle of the gears of all that. And uh, very, I had a very violent family. Uh, three of my uncles were competitive bodybuilders. All were street fighters. I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I didn't take steroids. Um, no, they didn't either. Actually, they were just. This is big this dudes. is audio only. They don't know. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, listen to me. I won't tell you my family story. Um, the the fourth one was a a bouncer at the toughest bar in Denver. He was built like an offensive lineman. You know, big big guy. And then the fifth one was a um, Golden Gloves boxer, judo champion, a war hero. You know, no pressure on my masculinity <laughs> growing up. I'm like, okay, that bar's pretty high. My mom was the only girl in the group, and they were all afraid of her because she could fight. She was like the woman at the well with a baseball bat, right? She was a tough, <laughs> tough lady. A lot of guilt, a lot of shame. Uh, I was almost aborted. I was born out of wedlock, never knew my biological father. For 12 years, I thought my brother's dad was my dad because I had the last name. And I, one day I said, why, does, why doesn't George Steer want to talk to me? 
And why do you, why do you always call him Doug's dad? And she got this look on her face and well, sit down. I got to tell you something. So she kind of unpacked the story to me. And so I was just, you know, this kid with a lot of confusion about like, who am I? What, how did I get in this family? Why is there so much bloodshed? My family was super, super violent. Uh, the Denver mafia, uh, nicknamed my uncles, the crazy brothers. So when the mafia, you know, thinks your family's insane, that's not good. That's <laughs> right. bad, right? You need counseling. And, um, one day a preacher, uh, from the suburbs actually was from, he was raised in, you know, Athens, Georgia, but born in Pennsylvania. His daddy was a counterfeiter. So he was born on the run from the law. So his dad nicknamed him blank Yankee. <laughs> And even though he was raised in the Deep South, he called himself Yankee. So to this day, he's still alive. Uh, he's on, he goes, I'm on the YouTube now. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Yankee Arnold on a dare reached my toughest uncle, my Uncle Jack, who had been in, in and out of jail his whole life. Um, once for choking two cops unconscious at the same time, we were trying to arrest him on assault charges. He was a very violent, violent man. He was he was bad to the bone. And uh he only weighed 185 pounds. I don't know if you guys remember Lyle Alzado, who was a football player in the 70s, considered the meanest and toughest uh, football player uh, in the NFL. Played for the Raiders for years, came and played for the Broncos. Actually had a boxing match in Mile High Stadium in Denver with Muhammad Ali. This dude was bad to the bone. Wow. He worked out at the same – he was a Bronco for a while. He worked out at the same gym as my Uncle Jack. They got slated to arm wrestle, and, and Alzado outweighed him by <laughs> almost 100 pounds. But my Uncle Jack would bench press with his wrist, with his hands faced in, 350 pounds, just doing sets to build his forearm strength. And he'd yell across the room at Alzado, hey, fat boy, I'm coming for you. And so <laughs> no Alzado way. backed out of the arm wrestling match three different times because he was intimidated by a dude that was 100 pounds less than him. That would have beaten him in that arm wrestling match. So Jack was bad to the bone, but Yankee on a dare reached out to the city, went to my Uncle Jack's house, knocked on his door. My Uncle Jack came to the door, no shirt on. He's got lamb chop sideburns that he looks like the, you know, Wolverine, kind yeah. of a jacked up version of the Wolverine. He's like, what do you want? He goes, I'm here on a dare from Bob Daly to tell you about Jesus. He goes, well, I don't know Jesus, but I know Bob, so I'll give you five minutes. They sit down. Yankee explains to him the gospel, that salvation was not by trying, was not turn, burn, try or cry. It was believe and receive. Jesus came for sinners, and he had never heard that. And Yankee said, does that make sense? He goes, hell yeah. That was a sinner's prayer. He trusted Christ. And it began a trajectory of transformation in my family. Uh, my uncle uh, um, Bob, you know, came all in. My uh, uncle Dave, one by one, my family members came to Christ. I went to Yankee's church, got trained, equipped as a teenager to share my faith. We had 800 students in our youth ministry, only 300 adult, adults in our church. Yankee was one of those guys that he believed the fastest way to reach a city for Christ was not through the adults, but through the youth. So he told the adults, hey, I'll preach for you on Sunday, uh, but don't be bringing me your problems to me. I'm here to mobilize a generation for the gospel. Make sure you you tithe because we want to <laughs> fund this youth ministry. And it worked. I mean, and we had a hundred of us that were the leadership team, but we were trained, equipped to mobilize for the gospel. When I was 15, I had the chance to lead my mom to Christ, who never thought God could forgive her because she was, you know, a rough lady and been married several times. And again, my she never knew my, I mean, never was married to my biological father, almost aborted me, drove from Denver to Boston, had a legal abortion. And my my aunt 
Carol, my uncle Tommy talked her out of it. They lived in Boston. And so she came back and every time she saw me, she'd cry. And so I began, my, my big brother and I began to share Christ with her because we were trained and equipped. And finally, when I was 15, I, you had to come at my family strong. So I just came in. I go, Ma. And I normally don't lead like this. I go, I don't want you to go to hell. <laughs> and I'm tired of just beating around the bush. I've told you about this. Doug's told you about this. You need to listen to the gospel right now. So she took a drag of her cigarette. She goes, okay, tell me one more time. Laid it on her. And she goes, you mean to tell me, it doesn't matter what sins I've done, that if I trust in Jesus, I'm forgiven for everything. I go, yeah, that's what Jesus said. She took another drag. She says, I'm in. And my family said, they're in. They're in. She put her faith in Christ and went to be with the Lord 16 years ago and miss her deeply, but looking forward to seeing her again someday. I uh, trace Dare to Share back to be my whole family being transformed by a youth ministry on fire. So I get frustrated with youth ministries that are just typical. Like we just, we have games, we do a Bible lesson. Yeah, once a month we do an outreach and I'm like, do you understand the potential of your group to reach? I would have never been reached by a typical youth ministry. My family would have never been reached by a typical youth ministry. It's the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. When I was 15, I went to Yankee. I go, can we train other churches in Arvada how to Mm -hmm. do this? And he's like, well, I'm kind of busy. I'm like, I'm 15, you know, (laughs) this is before social media. I wasn't that busy. And so I got on the phone, started calling churches, got a hold of what's now called Centerpoint Community Church, used to be Community Baptist Church, got a hold of the youth pastor there, didn't know me from Jack. Um, And I said, hey, I'm I'm at this youth ministry. I'd love to come train your students and share their faith. He goes, what are you doing Wednesday? I got ride my bike there. I rode my bike there, trained a youth group how to share their faith, took a bunch of them out sharing the gospel. And I think that was the unofficial start I dare to share. So our whole goal is to energize the church, to mobilize youth, to gospelize, that's the old English word for evangelize, just sounds cool, or hurt in a Spurgeon sermon, that somebody is reading on an app. I'm so much of a nerd <laughs> that I listen to sermon, Spurgeon sermons on an app while I work out. Oh, my goodness. Uh, unlike my family, I don't work out for show. I just work out so I won't <laughs> die early. Um, but uh, to energize the church, to mobilize youth, to gospelize their world. And so Dare to Share Our Vision is every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend. To do that, we got to mobilize the church to do its job. We, you know, this is what the church should be doing. And we want to help, you know, you can win. We're like, we're like uh, Home Depot, you know, you can win them. We can help. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and we want to help, you know, we do that through live, uh, you know, um, training events, uh, dare to share uh, events, full week training events in the summer, a one day thing called dare to share live. I could talk about later on and life, life in six words app and tons of free curriculum. Right now we're giving we're giving a, a digitizing all of our curriculum and give it all away. Um, we're working with open open uh, church network mm. to just give stuff away mm. to resource a revolution. So we are not going to stop until every teen everywhere hears a gospel from a friend. So that's a short answer <laughs> to your question, but yeah. that's why I'm doing Dare to Share. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, so what what is Dare to Share like? You kind of you gave an overview of like what you guys do, but what does it look like day to day, especially maybe for for you? Because I think. You know, maybe people see, you know, the outside of Dare to Share and everything, but what what does it look like for you to be a ministry leading up Dare to Share and connecting with different ministries that are they're trying to be a gospelizing youth ministry? Yeah, so I'll just simplify the illustration. So there's two two different aspects of what we do. One is seed checking class for teens. 
how do you chuck those gospel seeds, right? So how do you sow those seeds? How do you bring it up? How do you explain it? So we developed curriculum, how to share the gospel. I got a little video called A Crash Course in, in Evangelism, which is just, you know, four minutes long that kids can watch. There's the Life in Six Words app that I tell teens, if you can swipe and read, you can share the gospel. You can share it face-to-face. You can share it through an audio story where you it's basically you explaining the gospel on audio to your friend from the app, and you send it to a friend. They click a link, listen to you explain the gospel. Quick starters, social media stuff, all that is available through the Life in Six Words app. I'd really encourage everybody listening, if you want a simple way to train your students to share the gospel, go to the App Store. It's free because we feel really weird about charging for a gospel app. Salvation's free. <laughs> But this will cost you 99 cents. <laughs> no, it's a free app. And mess around with it for 15 minutes. You have functionality. You can put the names of the people you're praying for, caring for, and sharing the gospel with. I was at Noodles eating lunch with my daughter today, <laughs> and a kid came up from a youth group to sell us a painting to fund his youth group. And I, I just said, hey, if you were to describe your life in six words, what would they be? And out of 14 words, he chose six. I said, why'd you choose those words? I heard his story. Can I share with you my story? Shared my story from because my six words are pre-programmed in the app. And then can I share you with the six words from Scripture and took them through the gospel? God, our sins, paying everyone life. God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Paying the price for sin. Jesus died and rose again. Everyone trusting him alone is eternal life. And life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. I didn't go through it that quick. I'm going through it that quick right now. <laughs> Asked me if he had any questions. He goes, no. And I said, is there anything holding you back? Because he had, I go, have you ever heard this? He goes, no, I've never heard this. He's a youth group kid. I said, would you like to put your faith in Christ right now? He did right there on the moment in the spot. It was awesome, you know, and it was cool that my daughter was, oh, you know, I'm glad my daughter was there. She's, you know, we evangelize together. We'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. But to, to be a part, I want to pass that on. And then I bought one of his paintings. So there you go. Uh, but it's that simple. So that's, you know, providing that seed chucking class for students. We develop curriculum, do videos. The app, the Life in Six Words app, we've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's now available in eight different languages. So you just push a button uh, and it changes to that language, Spanish, Portuguese, etc. I mean, boom. Um, and then outside of the seed chucking class, we do, well, let me just say this. Part of the seed chucking class would be like, like Dare to Share Live, mm-hmm. which is a once a year live event that's held on a Saturday. We just had it about a month ago. Uh, hundreds of churches across the nation participated uh, live from coast to coast. It's piped into their youth room uh, or to their church auditorium. It can be just their youth group or several youth groups or a dad and a mom and their kids, you know, teenage kids. And they're trained, equipped, and mobilized to, you know, throw gospel seeds. And they take two hours and actually go out and do it, do a service project and share Christ. We have pandemic-proof ways for students to share Christ in high COVID areas that they can use the audio story and the quick starter. So, by the way, uh, our board just made a radical decision um, just a couple weeks ago that starting next year, Dare to Share Live is a free event. So wow. we want to make it like Seattle awesome. Ball. Free, no fee for the kids, no f- uh, fee for your church. You have to have three things. You have to have internet. Uh, you have to have adult uh, leaders to help guide the outreach experience. Mm-hmm. We don't want kids just out running amok. We want <laughs> leaders. Guide. And you have to be willing to do the outreach because mm. this is not a watch party. This is a do party, right? And we want this to be like kind of like a see at the pole, but it's it's more like uh, an all-day Saturday event that you go out. So November 13th, 2021, go to daretosharelive.org. That's the number two, daretosharelive.org. 
and lock in, be a satellite site, have your youth group do it. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be free. And we're going to also start experimenting in other countries. So Dare to Share Live Africa. And we're going to really build around this theme of kind of a youth outreach day, you know, instead of Dare to Share Live. I mean, we still call it Dare to Share Live right now, but down the road, we want to really move it toward this, this, this national day of outreach or yeah. this continental wide day of outreach. Yeah. You know, so super excited about that. And then on the youth leader side, you know, training students to chuck gospel seeds, training youth leaders to build greenhouses. So how do I build a youth ministry context where evangelism uh, and disciple making and multiplying is normal? It's not just tied in with an event. It's tied in. Every day is the event. Mm -hmm. Every day is the movement. So writing books, writing curriculums, developing tools, videos, resources to get that. And then the other part of my day is, you know, meeting with donors to try to get all that funded (laughs) because we're making, we're making a lot of stuff available for free. For sure. And so you got to, Somebody got to pay the bills. So thank the Lord for the donors he's brought to Dare to Share to help. They These donors are like, these youth leaders shouldn't have to pay. They're cutting, these pastors are cutting back youth ministry budgets. We need to step in and make this stuff available for you. I mean, having a board like that. That's I mean, amazing. Youth ministry should write a thank you note to our board because they're yeah. like passionate about it. Hey, Greg, we're, we're in the season of coronavirus. And I, I got to meet with you a few weeks ago and I'm just kind of walking through some discouragement and questions that we're all wrestling with. What would you say are kind of the biggest issues that you're seeing come out as you meet with youth pastors across the country? Well, everybody's frustrated. It's no fun doing Zoom youth ministry. (laughs) And everybody's trying, you know, getting really cool at technology. And what they're seeing is not very many kids are showing up. They're getting Zoomed out. And youth leaders are getting discouraged um, because they've, you know, trying to just, you know, discover all these you know, innovative ways of delivering content, but if nobody shows up or half the kids or a quarter of the kids, it gets discouraging. I think every, I think youth leaders are discouraged. They want community with their students. They want community with each other in this pandemic. You know, I mean, we're in Colorado and they're just locking down again tomorrow, mm-hmm, you know? Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's discouraging. And I mean, I think suicide we know is, is rising with teenagers uh, overdosing, I think alcoholism, I think all that's going to be reflected with youth leaders as well. I really do. I think there's a lot of discouraged youth leaders. And so, yeah, it's it's a tough time uh, for youth ministry. I also think it's an opportune time. For sure. Because people are open to talk right now about God. I mean, I was I did a, a podcast yesterday with Louis Giglio, which I was fanboying it out. I was like, <laughs> Louis, hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know my name? My name is Greg. Can you say Greg Steer preaches real good? He said, no. Um, no, I didn't do that. But I, I asked him, I said, what do you think? He said, you know, it's weird because people, unbelievers now, he finds that 18 to 25, they're talking about death because of the coronavirus. Yep. And I, I said, you know, it's like a funeral service. When you give the gospel at a funeral service, you do it because everybody at the funeral service is thinking about the mortality. Well, it's been like a global funeral service. Mm. Everybody's thinking about the mortality. Suddenly, those old EE questions, do you know you're going to go to heaven when you die? You know, are, are you know, and, and if you're standing before a holy God and ask him why, you know, he would ask you why I should let you in my perfect heaven. Well, all of a sudden, those are like, well, you know, relevant mm-hmm. again <laughs> because people are thinking about that. So I think, I think youth leaders, um, Generally speaking, that I talk to are excited about the future, but really struggling through how do I do youth ministry in a pandemic? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. effectively. Yeah. 
that that pretty much illustrates what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Like, very excited about what we were even talking on the way down here. Just very excited about the future. I think we're we're <laughs> heading in a really good direction. That the pruning that's probably needed to happen for yep. years is happening. Where God's exposing some different things that we needed to. Um, but at the same time, it's it's tough to get through that time to get to the point where where it's going to be really really exciting. Um, I guess what would you say to to youth workers? What have you said to youth workers? Like to encourage them to keep going during this time? Well, you know, I think this is where this is a great opportunity to reframe the way we do youth ministry and rethink it, not just mm-hmm. technologically, but philosophically. Um, Rahm Emanuel, I, I normally don't quote him, but he, um, when the Great Recession hit, he said something that was significant. He said, never waste a, you know, a recession. <laughs> so they use that opportunity to you know drive a lot of their agenda in politically, mm-hmm. which was strategic, super strategic, right? I think we have an opportunity to really drive a different agenda for youth ministry right now. And I think that agenda has got to be gospel advancing and disciple multiplying about really it's not about the fun and the games. Not again, I'm pro fun, I'm pro games, I'm pro pizza, I'm pro all that stuff. But that there is a reason that we exist as a youth ministry. And when you begin to help kids know, hey, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it's clear Jesus is a king. He gives us a cause and he provides for us a crew. If a teen has a king, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, right? Jesus, King Jesus, a cause to make disciples and a crew. They, they were together. You know, these 11 disciples and Christ was 12. I mean, he made, the, mm-hmm. he made that crew. Kids, as a king, a cause, and a crew, they have everything they need. And so I think now's the time, Zoom or not, or whether it's FaceTime with one kid at a time, one teenager at a time, building that crew, that core. I, I also think it's a really good time to build the student leaders. Mm. For me, here's I say this all the time, show me the, show me the strength of your student leadership team, and I'll show you the strength of your youth ministry. Because if you look at Jesus as the crowds, as a Wednesday night outreach or, you know, typical youth ministry, but the disciples were a student leadership team, it reframes the way you do it. Hmm. And I talk to youth leaders all the time. They're like, why don't I have a student leadership team? I'm like, really? You think Jesus wouldn't have disciples? <laughs> you got to, that, those have, you got to create, identify, pray through, uh, recruit and train that student leaders, the kids that were all in, they become the bar that the rest of the youth ministry looks toward. You're telling your kids, this is what I want you to be like, these guys. Here's the passion I want you to have. Here's the disciplines I want you to have in your life spiritually. Here's the focus I want you to have on evangelism. Here's the, you know, here's what it looks like to be a disciple maker and a multiplier. And I think it just takes kids that are willing to go all in. I think now's the time to build that core of leaders. And and yeah, do what we can to reach the community. But we are, you know, that 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 the bigger crowd of students, but we, we invest in those core leaders. And we, so when this pandemic is over, we're coming in hot and those student leaders are ready to rock. And we're not, and we're not waiting for the pandemic to end because now's the time again to take those student leaders and mobilize them to reach students that are frustrated and isolated and depressed and medicated with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now's the time. Now's the time to do that. But when they come out of that, I think we can break through some walls and change the way we do youth ministry. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, I love what you're saying, and I and I know our listeners probably do too. But also, I know the realities sometimes yeah. of youth ministry. Um, you got pressures coming in you from all these different places, and one of the biggest pressures that's been on the youth ministry world, I think, for a long time, is numbers. Yep. Like to go after the big crowd. Yeah. How can we get as many teenagers packed in this room on a Wednesday night or whatever as we can? Um, but at the same time, I, I hear what you're saying, focus on the, the core, get them trained, yeah. get them out there. What do you, what do you say to those youth workers who like, okay, Greg, I believe you, but I've have all these different pressures telling me it's all about the crowd still. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't focus on the crowd. I'm saying, look at the crowd differently. You know, one of the things Giglio said yesterday that was genius. He's like, he's like, when you get a crowd, you have a groups, you can find that core. You can find those kids that want to hang out after and talk that are really hungry for more. It's like, is this all you got? Do you have any sub points? Isn't <laughs> any? So I think getting, you know, getting kids in, you know, to however you can, if it, maybe it's got to be on Zoom now, or maybe you can have social distancing, doing what we can to reach who we can while we can. Yes. But having a bigger agenda to that and the bigger mm -hmm. agenda is, yeah, reach kids for Christ, cast a broad net. But find those that want to take it to the next level, mm. you know, so go and recruiting and the bigger, you know, it's like back in the dating years, you know, I mean, you got it. You know, I talked to some people are like, well, I can't find any, have you, would, you know, would you go anywhere where there's <laughs> right. people, you know, <laughs> I mean, if you don't, you know, how are you going to find those and how are you going to find that was a rotten analogy. Uh, <laughs> I, I withdraw that analogy <laughs> officially, but how you, how you going to, how are you going to fish? Let's use that. If you can, if, if you're not at a place with any fish in a lake, right? Mm -hmm. So you, and, and, and a youth group becomes a great place to find those students that are, are ready to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we have to balance that too with, I think there's a, a satanic whisper that measures our self-worth by mm -hmm. how many kids are in the group. Um, uh, Vince Parker is the youth, the head youth leader for all life churches. He's mm -hmm. a great dude. He began to realize during this pandemic, you know what? Wednesday night is just one way. Yeah. We have city groups, we have life groups, we have campus groups, we have uh, you know, these eight different doors. So do I really care if they can't come on Wednesday night? Because bottom line is this a lot of kids can't come on Wednesday night even without the pandemic because of sports and extracurricular activities. Nice. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's all closed. But outside of the pandemic, yeah. <laughs> but I think he said, this is something we're going to keep post-pandemic because there's other doors. Do I really care if they're there on Wednesday night or do I care if they're in a discipling relationship with an adult that's investing in them? And so I think we need to, I think we need to keep that bigger picture of every teen being reached by their friends, uh, these kids getting discipled and multiplied, and then how youth group you know, fits into that. And then I think we need to make a theological case to our pastors and to ourselves because sometimes the pastors are, are basing it on that as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'd encourage everybody, if you get a chance, I wrote a book called gospelize your youth ministry that has got a lot of these principles and values in it. And we're giving it away for free, uh, digital version. If you just go to dare to share.org, the number two dare to share.org to the store, Look up Gospelize. The, you can buy the hard copy if you want, but you can download it for free and read it and really wrestle through. Now's the time to wrestle through how do these principles apply and how am I going to come out of this stronger? And I think also at the same time, 
personally stronger. I mean, this is a time I think we need to really work on our spiritual disciplines. Mm. We need to get our networking down with mm. other youth leaders. We need to work on our prayer lives, go on prayer walks, you know, work out, eat right. I mean, tighten it up. You know, use this time. Come out of here stronger. Like Jesus with the wilderness. I mean, mm. he had 40 days in the wilderness, man. He came out like ready to rock. Mm. And uh, sometimes I think we, we, we don't want to come limping out of this thing, right? Right. The other thing I would say is the water boy effect. <laughs> so I love the movie The Water Boy because of tackling fuel. <laughs> you know, when he just imagines the people in the past that have heard him. And he just sees their face and he's like, <laughs> and he just you know, tackles them, you know? Right. And those of you who haven't seen it, um, you know, why, why are you not, what are you doing right. in youth ministry? Right. Come on, You're in youth ministry and you haven't seen Waterboy? <laughs> Systematic Theology and Waterboy and Tommy Boy. Um, but, but that tackling fuel for us has got to be reaching and discipling teens. And I mean, I'm talking about, man, that's why I love the vision of every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend because it presupposes that the churches are training and equipping their students to have those gospel conversations. Mm -hmm. And every story, like today, it was tackling feel for me personally. But when I see what even more is when I see my daughter share her faith mm -hmm. or my son share his faith, you know, um, that becomes tackling fuel and it helps you get through the discouragement. If you're doing just typical youth ministry right now, you got to be so discouraged. Mm -hmm. But if you're seeing disciples made and multiplied and it's happening in weird ways and different ways, you didn't, you're, ex it's a journey. It's exciting, you know? So really encourage you to get your, get the right tackle on fuel, which is not numbers, uh, how many attend it's how many, how many so souls true. are getting saved and disciples are getting multiplied. Yeah. If you come out of this thing with a strong student leadership team, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I also recommend uh, Gospel Eyes. I, I read it and also heard you speak about it. And I remember the first time um, all that went down and I was like, I looked at my wife and who was there with me and I was like, this, this is it. <laughs> this is like what's been going through my head for a long time. I feel like we've been focusing on the wrong things and we need to get, you know, refocused. And all of a sudden, like you shared those principles. I'm like, he just articulated everything that God has been doing in my head for mm, a long time. And it's, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I felt the same way when I read it too. It's like, you just got this hunger inside you to see students catch the vision and then go out and impact other students. And it's like, how do you get there? And gospel eyes lays it out pretty clearly. Well, and what's cool with gospel eyes. I mean, I felt like we discovered those values in that research project that we mm. did, but then we saw them come alive in the book of acts. And I'm like, how do we miss this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Cause really gospel eyes is built on the book of acts stuff. And I'm like, this just did not get in the youth ministry box that we received. <laughs> these seven values, they're not there. Yeah. Intercessory prayer. We spend more time in announcements and intercessory prayer. Relational evangelism? No, we don't do that. We don't. We don't really equip our students, generally speaking, to reach their own friends for Christ. We tell them, invite your friends out to youth group. Yep. Um, I think there's cold, warm, hot. So cold, gospel, cold is we don't care. Right? It's theologically, philosophically, or programmatically designed against evangelism. Gospel warm is I care and I believe in the theology and and philosophy of evangelism, but our strategy is purely invitational. So come out to this, you know, and, and, and that's, I mean, it's come out to invite, I'm, I'm pro invite, you know, come out to our youth group, come out to the alpha group, come out to whatever group, 
where the gospel is going to get. Come to camp. Young Life's got a big invitational strategy to camp. Mm-hmm. You know, once a year, you know, build relationships all year, bring them to camp. And I'm pro that. I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, yes, yes. Um, by the way, I, I think a kid should know anytime they invite their friends out to youth group, the gospel is going to be clearly articulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things I was encouraged again with Louis' thing. He's like, man, I give the gospel every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think when we don't, man, a kid doesn't have that confidence that they can bring their friend out and they're going to clearly hear the gospel every single week. Right. You know, so I'd challenge every youth to just do that. But then gospel hot. Gospel hot is theologically, yes. Philosophically aligned with evangelism, yes. Invitational, yes. But intentional, yes. At least a core of those students, the student leaders, and if not more, are equipped and expected to have ongoing gospel conversations, not in a legalistic way, but in a water boy way, <laughs> in tackle and fuel way. Right. right. To to have not to actually tackle the person with the gospel, but to <laughs> but to but to have that and to share stories. Yeah. That's gospel hot. Uh and I think we have a lot of gospel warm youth right. leaders. Yeah. And right now invitational strategies totally failing because camps are getting canceled mm-hmm. and kids don't want to go to Zoom that much. They just yep. don't. Yep. So yeah. yeah, I think that's one one of the things we were talking about too, Billy and I on the way down here is just like you know, we, we are seeing a lot of students that are inviting their friends a lot more right now, but with the, with the chance of us having to go back online, that's going to totally go away. Hmm. Um, which yeah, yeah, it's, it's scary. If, if it's only built on invitation, then yeah. where we go after that. I would say through the fall, like we've seen so much momentum build. Um, and now that we're being shut down again, it's like, what are we going to do next? Yep. So yep. for sure. So maybe we recycle around this whole thing. Hey, you know what? We'll do our, this is the time we're going to figure out the leaders, hmm. you know, and we'll do the, we'll do the zoom group or whatever. And we'll, you know, we're, but we're, we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get, be aggressive, be, be aggressive when it comes to advancing the gospel. Can you do that again? Nope. <laughs> Please. I'll just, I'll just sorry. Loop. <laughs> there we go. sorry. I did it the first time, <laughs> but I did it. We're just come out. Greg, it's been so great to have you, uh, any any last minute tips or or maybe encouragement to the youth workers that are listening out there that you do have an audience you know listening um, ready to hear some some great some additional wisdom you've shared so much but is there any last minute tips that you'd like to to share with other youth workers out there I don't know if this is a tip but this is a truth mm. and we need to pray mm. uh, I think prayer in the Western world is like holy water that we use. We don't really pray. And I think we need to, this is a great time to learn to pray. I go on, here's a tip. I do prayer walks because mm-hmm. I can't sit and pray for long periods of time. I did one this morning. I like to walk. I go through a prayer list. I intercede on behalf of the lost. I pray for my staff. I pray for my team. I pray for my family. I pray for, you know, I pray, I pray, pray, pray. Mm-hmm. And praying that God will give us the wisdom that, you know, that we'll have the mind of Christ to come out strategically stronger mm-hmm. and pray for revival, pray for absolute transformation. So, I'd encourage you to in coming out of this whole thing with a strong prayer life mm. and a strong student leadership team and a strong youth ministry strategy and philosophy. That's a big, big win. And then do ministry as you can along the way, you know, learn from each other. You know, you got youth ministry geniuses like, you know, DYM and mm-hmm. others that, you know, will give you a really good practical, tactical tips. What we're going to help mostly is how do you have that, that, 
really biblically aligned philosophy of youth ministry that is, you know, going wide and growing deep at the same time. Yeah. So love to help youth leaders any way I can. I do. I run a podcast, Gospelize, I-Z-E, with Greg Steer. Um, we'll be changing the name probably next year a little bit, but just if you just look on your podcast for Greg Steer, it'll pop, pop up. Once a month we do that. And um, love to help you guys personally as you guys grow. And then check out Dare to Share Live and some of the resources that we have available at Dare to Share. Have your kids download the Life in Six Words app. It's a really cool app uh, that will help you share the gospel. Helps me. I've used it hundreds of times. I've never been turned down to engage, which is weird. Yeah, It's a real, people like to choose their words. I don't know why. I, don't, I wish I knew the scientific reason by it. I'm like, I don't know why it works. Maybe it's like one it of those uh, those online uh, survey things. You're like, you take, I wonder what this this collection yeah. of words means for me or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, but what, away. I, but what I tell people is like evangelism methods, you know, don't, it, it's, it's the message that matters. The message of the gospel. You know, I don't go into a steak restaurant for the plate. I go for the steak, but I want it served on a plate and hopefully a clean plate and a nice plate, <laughs> right? Well, the gospel's the steak. Mm. This Life in Six Words app is the plate that we use. You may use another, you know, tool or method. That's fine. Just make sure it's it's clean and clear and concise mm. to serve that message of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Encourage everybody, don't be ashamed of the gospel. We're living in a culture where it's going to become increasingly difficult to articulate that message of Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. I'm like, bring it. Mm. Bring it, because if we get a little persecution here, <laughs> it puts you know spiritual hair on your chest, right? Absolutely. It's going to toughen us up, make us more dependent on the Lord, and I think now's the time that we got to raise up these this generation of students. Cool, cool. Well, again, thanks so much, uh, Greg, for being with us today. Thanks, Billy, for for joining me today in today's interview. And uh, yeah, man, may God bless your ministry there at Dare to Share and and all that that God has allowed you to do to uh, to help reach this next generation. One team. Yep. Thanks, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Billy and Greg and myself. Um, I hope you are, are going to go check out Dare to Share's uh, resources and everything that they have out there to, to help make your ministry even better, and especially in the area of peer evangelism and helping our, our students to, to reach out and share their faith uh, with their peers. Uh, it's, it's some great resources out there, and, and make sure that you definitely check out Greg and, and all that he offers there at Dare to Share. And I also want I want to thank the sponsors of this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. First of all, G Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum. Go quickly to gshades.org and get six months free of their curriculum while you still can. Six months free. Go to gshades.org to check that out. And also MinHub. Thank you so much, MinHub, for all you're doing to help youth ministries and make them better. Head over to minhubsync.com slash s MP for student ministry podcast to not only get your synchronization service from them, but also you're going to be supporting the student ministry podcast while you do that. Again, thank you both G Shades and MinHub for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. We're going to be back next time with episode 64 of the Student Ministry Podcast. But until then, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share this with other youth workers that are out there that need to be encouraged by these stories, that need to hear what God is doing in the lives of others, and need to hear some tips along the way. 
Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and may God bless your ministry.